let's be conscious about our choices about mm -hmm. what we put in here. I like to say our brain, our unconscious mind is like a garden. If it's a beautiful garden, you want beautiful um, plants and things to grow. Mm -hmm. You don't want weeds, you don't want any of that. So we need soil, we need good seeds, we need water and sunshine. Mm -hmm. Well, weeds are those unconscious programs that get installed all the time from media, from Netflix, from all these different shows that have an agenda. Mm -hmm. And if we aren't protecting our garden of our mind, we're just gonna have weeds and it's gonna be overrun and it's gonna be controlled by those things. Welcome to the Zen Stoic Path. I'm your host, Victor Pierantoni. And on this episode, we have a very special guest. We have AJ Yeager. AJ is a great friend of mine and a performance coach who has created an event called the Viking Initiation, which is quite possibly the coolest thing I've ever heard in any kind of personal development ideas that I've seen out there. AJ is an absolute powerhouse. This guy has been in the coaching industry, training himself, learning all these skills and tools since he was 10 years old. So he is just full of wisdom. And most importantly, he does it all in a way that is truly fun and meaningful for everybody involved. This was one of my favorite episodes, possibly one of the most interesting and most fun as we dive into Viking lore, how that's connected to our personal development and evolution, how to actually access something called the superconscious. And I just loved every bit of this episode and I know you're going to enjoy it. Enjoy the episode. AJ, I am super pumped to have you here, man. This is Me amazing. Too. Me too. I'm so happy to be here with you. Yeah. Yeah, we got to hang out a few weeks ago and I was just super fascinated with a lot of the things that you're going through and experiencing right now and some yeah. of the areas that you're diving into. One specifically that I wanted to start with is Vikings. Mm, one of so, my favorite subjects. Yeah, yes. so I'm, I'm curious, like, why Vikings? What originally inspired you to start, you know, delving into that yeah. and learning all about the Viking way of life? Okay, I'll let's go back to the beginning. Um, it was before the Viking show came out, like when Vikings came out on like History Channel. Um, of course, love that. I love watching historical documentaries, things like that. Um, but it was it was a little bit before that. So I do have some Norse in me, some Scandinavian. It's in my blood. It's in my DNA. Anytime Vikings came up, anytime kind of that time period came up, I had a pull to it. I had a from my heart, from my from my gut. There was a pull to it. And I slowly started getting books here and there about it. And kind of like, just it was just a, maybe a slight interest. Like some kids enjoy the stars. Like it was just an interest. Mm -hmm. Then the Vikings TV show came on. And I started getting into, into that. Whoops. I started getting into that with Ragnar Lothbrok and the whole story around Ragnar. And absolutely loved it. Just like everyone. It was a huge hit. Um, but as I got more into the series... Uh, I started to look up other 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 books and other resources to go into. And then Megan and I, my wife and I are huge travelers. So Norway came up in 2016 or 17. Mm -hmm. It was going to be on our list to go. And we were only supposed to be there for two weeks. But we're on the trip. We go to Norway. It is so gorgeous. It is so real. It is so raw and beautiful that we. I just felt so good there. We ended up staying over a month. And we took the Hutegruten, which is a, a cruise from Bergen, like south, went all the way north to Tromsa, all the way up. And we went to all these different fjords and all these different activities. Well, I had a special connection then. And then as I started in my business life and my career, started moving from Praxis Metrics, my data company that my wife and I have, um, back into coaching and back into kind of doing what my dharma is, I had this download. Mm -hmm. This one day I was just sitting there. And I had this, you know, when when downloads or like the things from the universe come in and they're so real, 
they're, they feel so real, they're so dense and so heavy and they're so clear that you're just like, this is not a dream, this is not just a little whimsical thought, this is like something mm -hmm. concrete. It hit me like a ton of bricks. My whole body lit up, My whole, my whole, all my backside just, I call it lighting up when I get the tingles and the mm -hmm. chills and all that, I just lit up and I had this inspiration. And so like in one instant, I saw the entire vision of what this was gonna be. And it was this aha moment of, wow, I can mix together some of my favorite elements in the world, adventure, travel, Vikings, and then self-development, self-discovery, mm -hmm. you know, doing the work yes. while having a ton of fun with incredible people. Mm -hmm. And so when that hit me, I started writing down immediately, like notepad. Then I recorded myself. And like for like the next two days, I kept having these things flash in. And so I went back and watched more Viking stuff. I bought more books. I just started delving in even deeper to not only for, for like for this event or for this idea um, that I had, which we'll talk about here in a second, but like more for me. I reached out and I, I have the deck in my backpack. It's this Oracle Viking deck. So um, my wife has a bunch of Oracle decks around. And what I found that was that they were very feminine. Mm -hmm. You know, I loved them still, but I, they just didn't have this masculine edge that I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And I found this Viking deck and I started playing with that on an almost daily basis, just getting a relationship with it, then sharing it with friends, men and women. And I kept having these sessions with people, not sessions like paid sessions, but just like, hey, let's sit and let, let's pull cards together. Well, so before you, you go on, what is an Oracle deck for those who are not familiar with what it is? Cool. So as far as I know, there's tarot decks and mm -hmm. there's Oracle decks. Mm -hmm. Don't really know the massive difference. <laughs> there's cards and there's a cool book. Yes. I guess it's the way they're written, how they're channeled through, what they're mm -hmm. pulled through. This is a Oracle deck. Um, so what in this particular case, there's a deck of cards that have a bunch of runes in it and a lot of the archetypes or the gods from the from Viking lore. Mm -hmm. And it's mixed with history and it's mixed with um edas or poems mm -hmm. um with the Viking lore and then in a lot of like action steps and kind of like, hey, based on what we just learned about this card pool, mm -hmm. here's what you could be doing in your life. Mm -hmm. So the author of it, Stacy DeMarco, fantastic woman. She is a modern witch. She calls mm -hmm. modernwitch.com. That's her mm -hmm. website. Um, I started working with these cards and I kept getting these amazing downloads and these ahas and some of these Viking gods coming to me in mm -hmm. dreams, in just when I'm working and I was just open to this whole lure. Mm -hmm. And so as I started creating a relationship with this, reading more books and kind of expanding on this idea, I reached out to Stacey DeMarco and I just said, I'm gonna look her up. It's like, oh, she does spell crafting sessions. She does reading, she does all this stuff. I'm like, cool, I'm super in all this. Mm -hmm anything to help me expand as a, as a man, as a human being. So I booked her, I uh, had a, a wonderful session for, from her, with her. And she taught me so much about myself and about really cool rituals and routines and ceremonies that I can be doing, calling in the power of Odin mm. for wisdom, for knowledge, for guidance, calling in the power of Thor for power when I need to get stuff done, when I need to step into this other kind of archetype. And, and she only gave me two in the beginning to work with and, and I'd love to share them with you. Yeah, I would love to hear them. Man. That sounds sounds awesome. This whole idea of, of embodying different states of being or calling in different aspects of yourself that perhaps have been dormant. Yeah. I love practices that show us how to discover those right. and how to bring them out when needed. That's where this fascination got into. Mm -hmm. So it was less about just learning about the history of the, the the Vikings, which by the way was fascinating as I learned more and we'll get, we can get into this. Mm -hmm. Many of the Movies, TV shows, all that stuff have the Hollywood twist. Mm -hmm. Also, there's a lot of a lot of disinformation on the Vikings that they really 
accentuated instead of going into the accuracy. Mm -hmm. So I really believe in telling the accurate story of the Vikings. And I'm still learning more about that from the people I have, but we can, we can get into that. But the, as I started realizing, wow, I'm really into the Vikings and like, how can I take this wisdom and apply it to my life? I love practical application of wisdom. It's great to learn these things, mm -hmm. but I don't want to just talk about them. I want to like, how do I use this in my life and my business? And how do I use these archetypes? So the first one was, um, first it starts off with Utaseta. Utaseta is a grounding into the earth, taking, maybe it's five minutes, going outside, not on the patio, outside, mm -hmm. in the grass, on the rocks, by the lake, wherever mm -hmm. you can go, getting into earth, taking off your shoes, grounding self, mm -hmm. doing some deep breathing, doing some uh, quick meditation, but also just stopping and listening or looking at nature just observing it for a little bit. They called it Utaseta. The Vikings would do this anywhere all the time to help reground themselves. Mm. So first it started with that small thing, going out in the morning, Utaseta. Then in this one, it was about um, calling in one of the runes, Uruz. U-R-U-Z, Uruz was one of the card decks that I kept pulling quite often. And I had this strong pull to it. And it was about perseverance, personal power, and um, yeah, that personal power from within. And so um, I would either draw it on a, uh, carve it into a stone or draw, or draw it on a stone, carve it on wood, or just hold that card with me. Mm. And I would take a deep breath, I would do Utaseta, and I would sit there and I would, in nature, kind of usually by, by water if I could, I would sit there and call in Uruz and say, close my eyes and say, Uruz, I call you into this present moment. And I would kind of say a little, whole little prayer um, that was kind of my own, but some words that, that uh, Stacy gave me, the modern witch. She said, say these things and then really feel Uru's come in however it comes in. And in the beginning, it didn't really feel much. I just felt really nice and relaxed. Then it began to get flashes um, in my head and like this connection or this sense of, ooh, okay, then my spine would light up. Cool, okay, there's mm -hmm. like kind of an answer. So then what I do is I get into asking for and creating clarity around what am I choosing to create in my life? Mm -hmm asking Urus, the power of that archetype, to help me craft that. So at the time, it was my coaching business and reopening my, my hypnotherapy and per, my performance coaching practice. Mm. I want to call in the best type of clients that are a great fit, that not only can afford me, but are like a great fit for us to do great work, to mm -hmm. drive impact in their world. To And I just went through all the things I wanted. So I closed my eyes and I crafted the vision, the future vision of what I wanted, asking Urus to watch this with me. Mm. And I would go through that for five, 10 minutes, literally seeing each of my sessions going so well, the words flowing through me, the contact, the connection with them, them crying or weeping or, or feeling the feelings that they needed to have that closure, getting really detailed with that, watching all of that, then stopping the movie, then waiting a little bit, and then simply waiting for three actions. Mm. What are the actions that come from that? And so then it would take sometimes another three to five minutes and I would immediately thank Uru's. Um, oh, I forgot about lighting the candle in the beginning. So I'd have a candle burning. Mm -hmm. um, so light the candle, Utuseta, lighting the candle, doing the visualization, thanking Uru's, feeling gratitude, putting hand on heart. And then um, I would have mead with me. Mm -hmm. So I'd pour some mead out for Uru's and the Vikings mm -hmm. and the gods. Like an offering. Like an offering. Yeah, yeah it can be water, it can mead, whatever. I just I bought some beer. So I just, mm -hmm. I don't really drink beer that much, but I had it to pour well, out. Uru's does. So. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, so you poured some beer. Exactly. Why not? Yeah. So I just followed what she was saying to do. Mm -hmm. And and then at the end of it, it was then thanking her again, blowing out the candle. 
and then going into taking action from what came from that. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the rituals to do in the morning. It was That's very powerful. It started to get, it started to get, in the beginning it was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm just gonna believe in this and trust in it. And then, you know, maybe I didn't feel stuff every time, but I just kept doing it. But the more I did it, the more I had a connection with Uru's, a connection with that. And so that rune is with me all the time. In fact, it's part of my bind rune, which I'll mm -hmm. talk about in a little bit. It's it's a collection of different runes that, mm -hmm. that can be pulled together for your personal success, your growth in life, and also your business. Mm -hmm. So the second one was really cool. And it was, again, Utaseta, kind of setting the stage. And this one was about, uh, after you light the candle, it was then having a rock or um rock or a stick or, or something from nature that you can hold in your hand, in your right hand. Mm -hmm. And first it was asking all the guides, all the gods to, to come and help identify the blocks, the blocks that would anything that would be blocking me from the success. Mm -hmm. So after asking for what I want, ask her, after visualizing it, then what are those blocks? And then feeling them in my body. And then letting the gods help guide us to where those feelings are and what they was, were and identifying those different blocks. Mm -hmm. And then helping transmute and push those out into the rock I'm holding. Hmm. So sometimes it would be something's in my foot down here, something's in like my pelvis, and then like something's in behind my eyeball. Mm -hmm. what, what are these things? And it wasn't really wasn't about what is it, just noticing what's in your body, mm -hmm. not judging it, just being like, oh, something's, yeah, something's kind of icky and weird and sticky there, and then pushing it into the rock. Mm. After about three or four times of doing it, the, the rock began to get hot, like really hot in my hand. Oh, wow. And not fake hot. I mean, like, this is getting really hot, but it wasn't burning my skin or anything. It was just getting really hot. Mm -hmm. So I'd push all that out. And then I would take it and I would say another prayer to the rock and saying, I release you. I release all of these things, all of these blocks, all of these inconsistencies, all these invisible barriers that's now in this rock. And I release them and I'd throw it in the lake hmm. and just let go. And the feeling of, I would get soup now, I'm getting, getting hot saying the story again, mm -hmm. but I would get so hot and sweaty because of the, burning this stuff out and then putting into something in nature and then throwing it back not saying not not it it wouldn't be existing there mm -hmm. as negativity it would then be transmuted into positive from these prayers and from that intuition and or from that, that uh, approach yeah that, that's so cool man i love the idea of transmuting things back into the physical back into the earth yeah. right in these things that you're doing because there's even some techniques that i use that i'm sure you're familiar with as well from an lp that have a lot to do like for example kinesthetic swish yeah like bringing yep. all of your stuff out of your body and down into the earth and the the rationale that i always gave it when i'm like sharing it with clients and my understanding of it as i did it more and more is i discovered that all the suffering that we experience all of the imperfections all of the things that we judge ourselves for that we feel shameful for they're all products of our earthly existence right they're here so yep. we send them back into the earth and they are an energy right they're just they're just exactly. energy so we're sending that energy back into the earth to be purified by the earth and letting it go and no longer having to hold on to it and that's always the rationale is like when i'm sharing it with clients i'm like you're sending this back into the earth because this is of the earth so you mm -hmm. send it back to the source yep. of of what is yep. and that energy that, is yeah energy that, just that's so is. cool how those practices align i was like and these are practices from ancient times mm -hmm. it's it's not complicated and it's not mm -hmm. really the new technique or the new whatever. A lot of it is the same stuff, recasted, rebuilt, mm -hmm. marketing people, just changing the names. But at the end of the day, it's about, like you said, letting go mm -hmm. and letting energy just be and getting out of the human self, that lower S, right? Mm -hmm. Getting that stuff out of the body so that then Shakti can flow through mm -hmm. so that we can be 
communicating with our higher self and being guided by a higher self, not lower ego self. Mm -hmm. So these kind of approaches for me, it took the, not that I, I, I was doing the work anyway, mm -hmm. but what, what it did was attaching to the Viking culture mm -hmm. got me excited mm -hmm. to learn more about this process and got me to do what I know I needed to do that I might not have been doing before. Yeah, that, I, so I love that. That's so cool because you created this association to the Viking process, yeah. right? You took the personal development work that you would otherwise be doing anyway, because I know you've been in this world for a while and yeah. I definitely want to ask you about that journey as well yeah. into like the hypnotherapy coaching practice and all. Uh, what I think is interesting though, is that you connected it with the Viking culture and with things that Vikings were doing and generating that excitement within yourself actually allowed you to like be fully present and fully embody these teachings yeah. in a way that we just don't with these like traditional personal development techniques, right? They get kind of stale after a while. So we're like, yeah. shit, like I need a new something. So there's this whole world that you get to pour yourself into with the Viking culture and like really get connected to while using all the stuff that you already know. Exactly. Yeah. It, it was a new way of reconnecting with myself. Mm -hmm. And and like I, 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 this event that I've been creating is about reconnecting to the primal ways, to the ancient ways. Mm -hmm. I really believe that the modern man and woman, this modern society has forgotten so much in-depth, amazing wisdom. That's so simple, mm -hmm. but it's just been barricaded. It's been forgotten. It's been pushed out mm -hmm. by certain by certain people. And to reconnect with that was more about awakening that positive warrior within me. Mm -hmm. And with the Vikings, the more that I talked about it, when I when I started mentioning just the the whisper of doing something around self development and adventure and travel with the Vikings, people just came out of the war. It's like, wait, what did you say? Like, I don't care what that is, I'm in. Yeah. And so people just started getting, I just started having the conversation. And then I would share like, well, what, what do you do with like the Viking stuff? And I'd share, well, every morning I do these kind of rituals. Mm -hmm. At nighttime, before I go to bed, I ask for Odin's help. Mm -hmm. Odin is the all father. He's the, 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 he deals with nobility. He deals with knowledge. He deals with ecstasy, inspiration. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he's a manipulator in many of the stories, um, but he's the, he's the all father. Mm -hmm. But I ask Odin, um, the all father for guidance and wisdom, mm -hmm. send your ravens, send your runes, um, bring me the knowledge that's within myself out mm -hmm. and bring me knowledge from those others that I can trust. Mm -hmm. He is that keeper of knowledge. So I bring him into my, right before I go to bed, that's my final prayer of the night. Mm -hmm. After I think and gratitude all my guides and all that, I, I ask Odin to come through and then I just wait. Mm. Does he come in through the dreams? Does he come in on wolf or with his two wolves or his horse? Like he's come to me in different ways. Mm -hmm. And it's cool. You just say that prayer and put it out there and just go to sleep. So that's another one that I've been able to, to integrate. That's been really fun to play with mm -hmm. and how things just pop up in the morning, how things just kind of loops get closed. Mm -hmm. It's been, it's been so fun. So yeah, it's back to, back to getting done. What's important is that so many people innately know what they need to go do. Mm -hmm because they lack accountability, because maybe they lack some discipline and they lack self-trust and self-love. Mm -hmm. They just don't go do those things. Yeah. So Vikings for myself and for the other people I'm sharing it with, this true story about not only the history and reconnecting with a part of us is important, but also like, how do we take that wisdom? How do we start applying it to our lives and doing these little tweaks to our life that can then enrich our lives and our businesses? That's powerful, man. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. What would you say the importance, there's, there's two themes that I'm picking up on here in terms of how you've connected this practice. One of which is play, like you're you're having fun with it, right? Yeah. Like you're doing things yep. that are fun, like you're playing the role, you're doing all the things, all the rituals. And then there's also like deeper meaning, yeah. right? And meaning and play are two things that are essential for a human being. What, what would you say the role of those two things plays? Ooh 
in, in a person's development and growth. That's great. I think I think it goes back to one, I really connect with being playful. Mm -hmm. Like playful AJ is like a happy AJ, mm -hmm. one who's showing up fully. Mm -hmm. um, when I was in other businesses before, when I was in it for more of the transaction and more of like, oh, I need to do this because I've got to make money and do this and do all these stories I told myself, mm -hmm. play wasn't around. My grand grandfather, who's deceased about 12 years now, she keeps coming back all the time. Mm -hmm. She comes in my dreams, she comes into ceremony, she comes in whenever I'm down. Mm -hmm. And she's like, AJ, your North Star is, if it's not fun, go do something else. <laughs> she's, she's a very sweet woman. She's like, this is your thing. Yes. Play, mm -hmm. bring play into everything. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, this constant reminder from Mimi, and thank you, Mimi, I love you. Mm -hmm. She would constantly, um, she would be on top of my mind. I was like, well, I, I go to so many, in, I've gone to NLP trainings, multiple. Mm -hmm. I've been through so many seminars. I've been to, I think on the website for the event, I say, I've been like 45 or 47, some masterminds and events. I've spent a boatload of money on mm -hmm. these trips and these organizations and, and being part of these, um, which has expanded my network and it's made my network is my net worth. I know an incredible group of people mm -hmm. and I'm so thankful for that. But it was like the way, when I would take notes, like the way they were doing the, the work mm -hmm. was really pretty boring to me. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, and, and you know, we, we know, um, I love Tad James, the company from NLP, and like oh, my, my brother and his wife do NLP, you guys do NLP. Mm -hmm. The settings were in these hotels many times. Mm -hmm. I just could, I, to sit there for 17 days and that, you know, you push yourself, you get it done and it made it happen. I'm thankful for those experiences, but I'm like, how do we make this more fun? Yeah, what? It, it's absolutely it. needed. It's an how, how do we make this more fun? Required. Environment is so important yeah, with the key. energy. How do we be in Uthaseta multiple times, right? How do we be outside and connecting constantly during the day? Mm -hmm. Not, not, hey, we're here for five hours and then let's go do an activity outside for half an hour, an hour. It's like, no, no, no. How do we make this an adventure? Mm -hmm. Let's tell a story together. Let's live the story. Let's actually like write the chapters and be doing it while we while we do that through those things. So I felt like um, in my work and my coaching and all that, I really like to sometimes like to be walking outside doing hypnotherapy mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. I'll have my headphones, my nice headphones on and be like, look, I'm gonna be outside if you hear any other noises, it's just gonna take you deeper, don't worry about it. You know, like mm -hmm. I can't control the outside, but me being outside is so powerful. I have some of my clients go outside mm -hmm. just to be outside. So adventure play is a huge part of this. It's like, let's change the container completely and let's make the outdoors where we're connecting first. Mm -hmm. So that's the first, first answer to the question. The second part was not play, but- Meaning. Meaning. Yeah. So the meaning behind the play or just the meaning? Or just like cultivating meaning in the things that we're doing. Like we we all, seems like we all, like according to Viktor Frankl, we all have a need for meaning mm -hmm. above happiness, above all things. We It needs to mean something, whatever it is that we're doing. So what role does that play in just, I guess, establishing a narrative mm. of self or of the identity through this process? Yeah, I look at, uh, that brings me up to like one of the questions I ask my clients. Mm -hmm. Um, it's around purpose. It's around what's fulfilling them right now. How are they feeling? I have a whole audit of questions just like like you do in your mm -hmm. practice. And many of my clients are in transition. They've succeeded in some area of life, mm -hmm. but there's some other things missing. Mm -hmm. No matter how much money they have or how much success or fame, they're like, there's there's something missing. There's mm -hmm. something that just doesn't fill me. And that's that meaning part. Mm -hmm. That's like, what do they mean to themselves? What are they missing here? And so as we go deeper into the unconscious mind and do this kind of work, it's amazing what comes up. Mm -hmm. It's there. We don't have to really find the purpose. Mm -hmm. I really believe it's it's in there. That dharma mm -hmm. is there and helping people get out of the mindset of career, job, what they're doing now, 
to make money, to live, just be human, mm -hmm. take care of the bills and all that is one thing. Then their, their dharma is over here. And sometimes many people think it's so far away, mm -hmm. but it's really not. It's inside of them. It's then helping them dig deeper into the, what that meaning is to then take the baby steps of uncovering that a little bit. How can you do a little bit of your meaning every day and build that meaning up and establish a relationship with it, mm -hmm. ask different questions. So bringing in the Viking culture, the Viking lore, doing these different rituals and practices, ceremonies, if you will, um, and even pulling the cards, simply stating that question and then spending time alone in silence mm -hmm. is the best way to help people find meaning. Yeah, I can I can be a great coach and ask them questions and help draw it out. But I'm like, now your your thing is every day, half hour, ask this question and just turn everything off. Get the phone off, get the blindfold on, get the earplugs in, just go in and go deep and go find that within themselves. Mm -hmm. The more that I point people to go inside instead of external, the more that they're coming. It's it's just they're like, I came to you wanting to find out my purpose. You're like, it just came to me. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I'm not doing anything magical. Goes. This is how yeah. it goes. <laughs> well, well, that was so easy. Yeah. It doesn't have to be so freaking hard. Yeah. Everybody wants to make this all this self-discovering growth. It can be hard, can be a challenge challenging emotionally, especially when there's large traumas and deep stuff. Mm -hmm. But really, I think these simple practices are what bring meaning. And if we can have fun to bringing that meaning alive, then, then we've got a great combo. Absolutely. I, I love this combination because I just made a link from what you were saying. And I've seen the people who are very purpose-driven and very focused on their mission. And there, there's a lot of meaning there. But that meaning without the play just has a person take themselves too seriously. And then it makes it really difficult to actually get to the center of what their purpose is. And that play seems to get them there just so easily where they can just make that connection because they're totally present in what it is that they're doing. Yeah. Rather than being like, oh, I have this mission and this purpose. Like I struggled with that for like five years before I like mm -hmm. realized what it was that I do for people and like why I'm here kind of thing because I was taking it way too seriously. So that element of play and meaning and purpose seems to be quite a combination and a recipe for allowing somebody just to like discover it within themselves. Yeah. It's so interesting. And part of that play is also immersing yourself and getting your hands dirty, as mm -hmm. I say, doing things with your hands, mm -hmm. not scrolling. <laughs> scrolling doesn't count. Being away from technology, having that clearing. Cause when we have all that, those EMFs coming mm -hmm. at us all the time, there's so much noise in the world already. Mm -hmm. It's that how much time are you spending in nature? bring a journal, whatever it is. It, it, it may not come to you when you're just sitting there. Okay, now I'm going to find my purpose. Go. <laughs> it, it, this workbook has force. 13 questions about finding purpose. Like, yeah. That's yeah, not how it's it goes. Like, okay. <laughs> and, and the commercials are great for that. Like the journals are great. Like like nothing wrong about the, with the journals that are out there. Wonderful. But it's like, there's a, there's a different approach to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you may have those questions as starters, but go out in nature, go go somewhere and go do things. Like this this Viking event, like I want to go do Viking things. I want to mm -hmm. go learn, get our hands dirty, do the things that Vikings did in a place where that is absolutely beautiful, like Norway. Mm -hmm. And so part of the immersion of engagement mm -hmm. will just help the brain process the content and the things that we're doing. Mm -hmm. So that's a part of an immersion into your life. Mm -hmm. What are you, what, what could you go do that you haven't done? How do you get the newness? Um, go travel. Right, go go do some bungee jumping, yeah, jumping out of airplanes, yeah. change the environment, do something different. What is what have you done recently that's pushed you to the edge, not mm -hmm. over the edge, to that edge of like uncomfortability? Mm -hmm. I think all those things play into um, play and then having meaning and, and making this just way easier. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful, man. Yeah. So I'm curious, your journey into coaching, mm -hmm. right? I know you started 
early in your life. Yeah, 18. Well, so 18. <laughs> 18, you got your first NLP certification. Is that correct? Yes. Or a coaching so, certification. So my grandfather, uh, Gideon D. Hill Jr., I called mm -hmm. him Pop Pop. He mm -hmm. he passed a little bit before or after my grandmother. Mm -hmm. Um, no, sorry, before my grandmother. My grandfather was the he was my best friend. Mm -hmm. Um, he was my mom's dad. So I was really close with my mom and dad, so blessed to have had such an amazing upbringing. They were mm -hmm. together to my my father passed last year. Papa was like this oracle, this mentor who was always five or 10 steps ahead of me. So when I came to him with challenges or problems or what I'm going through with life, he'd go have a new Nightingale Conant pro mm -hmm. program for me. Here's here's Dennis Waitley's, uh, um, you know, Psychology of Winning. Here's Napoleon Hill's whatever. Mm -hmm. He'd always have this next step thought out for me, for me to go, not to give me the answers, mm -hmm. but to, to show me here's a resource that you can go read and learn and, and go do mm -hmm. this thing and, and help figure out yourself. So he would challenge me. He was like my, my Odin at that mm -hmm. time, right? In real life. Mm -hmm. And so I learned very quickly from him about how to, um, how to use resources and, and, and pull that into my life. So, so we would spend um, a lot of time together. And mm -hmm. earlier in my childhood, my grandfather had at 10 years old, he had challenged me when I wanted a, a cool boom box, a stereo. Mm -hmm. Instead of going to my mom and dad and doing chores, I went to my grandfather to put a little childhood persuasion to work. Mm -hmm. And I had a Crutchfield magazine. I circled the stereo that I wanted, went to mm -hmm. Pop-Up, thought I'd put, put some childhood persuasion to work and thought he would just buy it for me. Mm -hmm. Well, I presented him with the idea and he was kind of sitting in a, a brown, kind of nice big chair in his, uh, in his uh, um, family room. And he was reflecting back to two weeks prior to this moment where I was in his huge library, he had a library about this size, mm -hmm. floor to ceiling books. And I was just so curious one day, I was like, Papa, what do you do with all these books? Mm -hmm. And he began to tell me, well, I use these books to learn and get better at life and be a better husband and be a better businessman mm -hmm. and all this. So he started pulling down books, encyclopedias, all these things. For two and a half hours, my grandfather and I sat down and he went through books with me. Mm -hmm. He just read to me he shared ideas with to me and for some reason at that 10 years old i don't usually have that much attention span mm -hmm. but with that that day i did so he reflected back on that so fast forward back to when i was asking him for the crutchfield magazine he said aj i'll make you a deal i will buy you this stereo or one better if you work on a program with me mm. if you read listen to an audio tape or watch a video of the things i give you like what we did in my library two weeks ago every day for 30 to 45 minutes, and you write down two paragraphs about what you learned, every week we'll recap what you did. Mm -hmm. You do that for one year, I'll buy you that stereo for better. Mm -hmm. So my grandfather essentially challenged me, gave me a goal to reach for, not just, yes, here you can have it, mm -hmm. he wanted me to work for it. And I didn't realize at that time how long a year was. I just heard, I'm gonna get the stereo. <laughs> so <laughs> that's so, all you needed Truly, know. honestly, yeah. like, Oh, he said, yes, yes. Cool, shake your hands, we're, we're in this. But I did actually go do that program mm -hmm. and I did fulfill that year. And even being six, 7,000 miles apart at, part at one point when he moved or we, my family moved to Fresno and he was still in Delaware, mm -hmm. he would get on the phone with me and I would send him my reports and mm -hmm. we would go over what I learned. And that was the Dennis Waitley's, the, the Napoleon Hills, the Tony Robbins, all that stuff mm -hmm. that built me up in the beginning. So as I started getting into it at 17 years old, he took me to Ted Nicholas, Mm. Um, millionaire maker seminar. I was the youngest, he was the oldest. 17 years old, I was learning digital marketing, or not digital marketing at that time, uh, direct sales, direct mm -hmm. marketing. And so it was really cool to be there. Like, why, why is this going on here? Who mm -hmm. is this kid and who is this grandpa? And so we started 
going to things like that together. Mm-hmm. And then when I was 18, um, Popoff had sent me, I think it was the original NLP course from Nightingale Conan. Oh, wow. Like, r- what's it, what are the two guys? Richard Bandler. Richard and, Bandler. Uh, John Grinder. Yeah, it was like yeah. the first NLP thing. I started listening to it and I was fascinated. Mm-hmm. Then I went to one of their trainings mm-hmm. at 18. I flew by myself. Popoff would sponsor me for mm-hmm. these things. He'd helped me go go and do these things, mm-hmm. which I was super like grateful for, mm-hmm. but it was because I was learning and, and doing these doing these things. I also had a little little business on the side of AJ's odd job service I was doing, so mm-hmm. I had some money, but not enough to fly myself to the training. Mm-hmm. So he 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 got me started in that in that that archetype of learning from these people, mm-hmm. then applying it to my life and my businesses. And I had started businesses as a, as a young kid. I'd always been an entrepreneur. Then I went to Coach's Training Institute with mm-hmm. Rich Fetke and some of the coaches in San Francisco. When that came out, I think I was maybe 20, 21. Mm-hmm. So I just kept going to these trainings and stuff. And I realized, wow, I loved coaching. So I I wasn't old enough to coach adults, so I thought. So I just said, well, I'm just gonna coach kids my age. Mm-hmm. Kind of a hard market, yeah. <laughs> you know? But I, I started coaching people and I, and I wrote a book and I, I started speaking and I wanted to become a young Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. So that's what started my coaching early on was just, the fascination with these with these um, m- mind skills, the unconscious mind, mm-hmm. um, you know, learning more about the body and all that stuff. It was really about like success. It was about driven to be mm-hmm. more successful and be more present. Mm-hmm. And so all that stuff got dumped into this 10 year old's mind all until 18, 19, 20. And so I was like, oh, this is amazing knowledge. Mm-hmm. I didn't really fit, up with, fit in with a lot of my friends. I felt not higher than them. I just felt like I wasn't able to talk about the same stuff. Well, I mean, you were reading things that were like some adults weren't reading yet, (laughs) like like that they weren't even privy to. So your your mindset and your perspective on everything, success on life, on your own personal power to actually go out and achieve the results that you want was in a totally different universe of people that were around you. Totally different. I didn't think girls liked me. (laughs) At my age, I was always dating, like as I got older, I was like dating and more attracted to older women Mm -hmm. just because- I didn't know what else to talk about. It was my new norm. Yeah. And so that that had its own struggles um, in and of itself, but it was really fun. So I started speaking and I created Life Force Enterprises. I wrote a book called Life Advice 50. I interviewed 50 different experts and successful people, put an ebook together, had a list early in the early days. So I I just said, okay, well, I'll coach people, I'll speak, and I'll write books. So that's what I was doing. Mm -hmm. That's where everything started. And I just kept adding on to what I learned from my grandfather in all those books and programs. That's cool, man. Yeah, you you and I have a, a, an interesting similarity in terms of the beginning of our paths. I didn't have anybody that was like necessarily showing me the way like your grandfather mm-hmm. was, but I started very young and I started coaching people that were my same age and I was coaching them for free because mm-hmm. I was 21 when I started all this. So I was like, well, I don't know if anybody's going to take me seriously, but I love this stuff and I was obsessed with it and I would just like go through everything that I, could, I possibly could to learn this craft of coaching, to learn how to help somebody shift the way that they viewed themselves so that they could shift the results in their life. Ah, so cool. I yeah. didn't know that either. That's yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I started a, a while back and for the first two years of this whole study and this obsession with coaching, I worked completely for free hmm. until I made my first $50 coaching, which was Yay. a wonderful experience. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fascinating to be a part of that process. Mm-hmm. Seeing somebody have the aha or have that shift mm-hmm. and you can see it. Mm-hmm. Whether they admit it or not, you're like, oh, yeah, you're like that's that it. worked. That's, that yeah. thing happened that you wanted. You don't even know it yet. Yeah, you see the the whole nervous system light up, and yeah. like you can feel it when you're in the room with them, or even if you're on the phone with them. Like yeah. you, you notice that moment. That and shift. we're trained to in NLP to mm-hmm. notice these shifts, mm-hmm. to have that acute awareness and that ability at a, such a young age mm-hmm. was a huge um, proponent of our our success. Like no matter what you're doing, 
whether you're building a company and having employees, I was like, I kept seeing myself as like, okay, I'm either a coach or I'm an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. It was either or. Whereas mm -hmm. now it's both and. Mm -hmm. I was always a coach. Mm -hmm. I was always coaching people. I was always there to hold sacred space. Because mm -hmm. I think that's one of my favorite things. And you're beautiful. You're beautiful at this as well. Holding a sacred container mm -hmm. for people to have trust and vulnerability where their walls just melt down when they're in our presence. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful thing to have as a coach. It's not some, it's something you can train as well, mm -hmm. but as a natural gift, that's what made me really love coaching. Because even though people tell me all the time, oh, that's not scalable to do one-on-ones, it's like, you know what? I'm not trying to build a scalable thing right now. I mm -hmm. do have scalable things I will do in my business, mm -hmm. events, group coaching and all that. But like, I feel like the edge is pushed when we're on one-on-one. Mm -hmm. That's my thing. Oh, yeah. I, I'm just—it's my. Th I always want to be doing one-on-one -on -one with incredible types of people because I can see the change shift. My phone lights up all week with the people that I had worked with the last two weeks of mm -hmm. like the thing that happened, the breakthrough, the whatever. I love hearing that feedback. It's mm -hmm. such an incredible journey. Absolutely, yeah. The uh, the coaching journey and being able to see those moments or experience those moments where people's walls melt down and they have that incredible insight or breakthrough. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that makes it so worthwhile in doing is to, to be yep. the vessel of that awakening or that aha for that person. It's one of the things that has kept me in it. And it's, it's interesting because for myself, there's been like multiple times where I tried to turn away from one-on-one -on -one and yet I find myself continuously coming back to it mm -hmm. and turning away from it because of that same thing that people would say like, oh, this isn't scalable. And then you know, it hits you and you're like, I, I don't want it to be scalable. Why does that even matter if it's yep. scalable or not? <laughs> it's just ingrained in us, all yeah. the books, all the entrepreneurial stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of unlearning mm -hmm. as I got older of like, why am I thinking this way? Yeah, like, <laughs> like I don't actually care about that. <laughs> not for this specific but, thing. Yeah, for this thing, it's, yeah. it's, it's okay. It doesn't need to be that. Exactly. And you can always charge more and you get better and you get more referrals mm -hmm. and your, your money goes up. It's very scalable. It's very profitable yeah. too. Uh, it most certainly can. Yeah. It can and that, that's where all, all the magic happens. I mean, like for myself, at least like now I'm teaching NLP and timeline therapy yeah. and I'm certifying people in this, but I, I know myself and I wouldn't feel congruent teaching that if I wasn't in the field, getting those results mm. with people individually and actually show it like not just being a great teacher of these techniques and being able to do them in front of a class, nice. but yeah. actually being able to get one-on-one -on -one with somebody and actually getting the results and creating that sense of liberation for them, I think is really important for a sense of congruency if you are going to teach it and do scalable things rather than Agreed. just pretend that you know the stuff and <laughs> market it really well and make money it's like great and how do you do you, do you fully accept yourself when you're working in that way and so for well me said. I, I couldn't right so, so well said yeah that you, you have the substance there you know that you've got that deeper mm -hmm. element to it mm -hmm. and i think that also at the same time i love your model and what you're doing in the world because we have a lot of work to do mm -hmm. we have a lot of people that need help mm -hmm. in in a, in a time where we're more disconnected than ever yeah when yet we are connected but people feel more disconnected the mental health issues that are at stake people's heart or their head and their hearts just not being aligned mm -hmm. this work really matters so i'm a love that we have to have scalability because it's it's kind of a responsibility to have a mm -hmm. scalability part to what we do to make sure that we're connecting with ourselves and then getting that out there as much as possible. So yeah. I admire what you're doing. Thank you, brother. Likewise, yeah. I, I think one of the cool things too about um, what you're saying now that I really enjoy about the teaching aspect of like teaching these skills and techniques for coaching to others mm -hmm. after having proven them in the field myself, I think what what's really interesting about it is I've my, my vision 
I think I've told you this before offline, but I'll, I'll say it again. My vision is to help a million people liberate themselves from their own emotional matrix, their own emotional prisons that they create for themselves. Mm. And I know that by myself, that's not possible. Like I'm not going to do a million one-on-one -on -one liberation sessions. It'll take me forever. However, what I do know is that there are other people whose voices need to be heard in order to actually create those experiences for those who need them. And not all those people need to, need to hear it from me. They need to hear it from different people, different people who are willing to innovate and bring it in a different container. Kind of like how you're doing, you're bringing a lot of the same tools, but through this container of this Viking experience, yep. which there are some people who would never do a personal development event unless it was that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, <laughs> that's how they get in the door. And so, so I, I love the like being able to teach people the foundations of all this stuff so that they can take it and express it in their own ways. And then what I find the most fascinating is being a teacher of this stuff. When you come to it with that mindset, with that perspective and that mentality, your students end up becoming your teachers as well, mm -hmm. which is so cool. Cause like they'll show you something that you never even thought of. And then suddenly like it's adding all of this uh, like dynamic energy to what you do and to, to the way that you think about things. So I think it's so cool to be able to share these skills with people and again, have the scale scalable parts of it yeah. and still be in the field doing your thing and doing what you love and what you enjoy. So well said. Yeah. We're in this together. Yeah, man. I love the, love, love the model. Yeah. So, said. so you're, I mean, you're trained in all the same stuff that I am. <laughs> and I noticed that like you talked about your coaching, you go in the direction of hypnotherapy. Mm -hmm. Now I'm curious, what, what about hypnotherapy do you love? And like, what, what attracts you in that direction for helping your one-on-one -on -one clients? Great question. Um, I love working with the unconscious mind. Mm -hmm. So I look at what I do. Hypnotherapy is, is a tool. I'm a performance coach. Mm -hmm. That's how I, I'll label myself who happens to do hypnotherapy mm -hmm. and I have NLP background. And I have working with the superconscious background and I have just my own container, my own to intuition. So I like to combine those things into a very unique experience for each person. The hypnotherapy route was for me a really nice roadmap that I could see in my head mm -hmm. that just helped me navigate the unconscious mind and navigate their emotions and navigate what they're going through. So sometimes I'll bring in NLP techniques mm -hmm. in the middle of a hypnotherapy session but my whole thing is to get them in a safe container and bring them into theta, get them into a lower, the mindset where we can recode things. I look at, this is all about recoding, mm -hmm. going back to find the source and the root of the issue, whatever it may be, whether it's financial struggles, maybe it's a huge trauma that happened, maybe it's whatever. I like to use these different modalities to help me get to the end result, that mm -hmm. shift, the recoding that has to happen. Mm -hmm. And so just hypnotherapy to me just clicked. NLP clicks as well. Um, and now I can piece these different tools together mm -hmm. and using like working with superconscious and or I say higher self to like bring in their own higher self and help their own self recode themselves. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm not really doing anything. I'm just facilitating the journey that they get to go on in the, inside of their psyche mm -hmm. to create the healings for themselves. Cause mm -hmm. I think that's the best gift. Not yeah. Doing that's the most magic empowering way to do it. Yeah. yeah letting them self-discover that. So it's not always, it's not based on a script or a certain outcome. It's what's going on and how do we find those memories and how do we find these these parts that are in conflict and how do we do the affect bridges and how do we tie all this in together so that it's a really fun, beautiful journey for them and it's self-healing and you get the release, the cry, mm -hmm. the scream, the whatever they need to get mm -hmm. out. You're like, there we go. Yeah. Boom. That Successful the, session. The emotional release. <laughs> That's the release we're looking for. Yeah. And, and also, I think... The hypnotherapy to people, the word 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I don't say, oh, I do say hypnotherapist in different contexts. Some people are like, oh my God, that's so cool. I want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Others are like, I want to talk to you because that's that's BS. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I want to tell like, you why you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. get, get that a lot, dude. It's like kind of 50-50. Yeah. Um, so that's why I say I'm a performance coach who happens to do hypnotherapy. It's just less blocks mm-hmm. to go through. Um, but it's a really great term. It's been around for a long time, mm-hmm. since the Egyptian ages. It's been around since since the early 1800s too. It's widely accepted in medicine. Mm-hmm. So it's been here. Um, I just see, I just find it's a really great way to get people deeper so that we can do the change work. And it's been my experience where it's created more permanently and longer term. Mm-hmm. We can, I can see, see and feel the real change. Yeah. What What are some of the misconceptions that people have about hypnosis oh, yeah. or hypnotherapy? Oh yeah. Um, one that, Biggest one is like it's it's similar to stage therapy, stage mm-hmm. hypnotherapy, which is clucking like a chicken, yeah, mind like control. having people do like crazy things. <laughs> yeah, there's there is manipulation. There's a lot of tools out there. A subliminal suggestion mm-hmm. is something that's illegal. You you know, in music, people have a certain tone that they can put un- unconscious programming into things. Mm-hmm. Military use this. There's a lot of the people who understand how the mind works have mm-hmm. a lot of power. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of power knowing what we know. In the right hands, in the loving hands, it can be an amazing tool. It can also be an amazing tool for those in the wrong hands. They can be used in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we choose to use it out of love and joy and, and helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got to we've got to use it as a way to help people like relax into themselves and to really get comfortable going inside because they're so used to being distracted by everything outside of themselves. Netflix and chill, like all the things that are drawing our attention mm-hmm. when we're, when after we're already, let's say five or six hours is at work, which is in beta. We're mm-hmm. constantly in beta. We're calling, constantly making decisions, doing plans, doing tasks, all that stuff. That's where fear and things can set in. Very little do people spend time going from, going from the beta all the way down to Delta and like mm-hmm. hitting all the levels on the way down. Mm-hmm. So I know I sidetracked a little bit, but it's like, it's, I'll, I'll bring it together here. It's so important to people to realize that the different wavelengths that we're going through, our brain is going through, that we're always in the state of hypnosis. We're always going up and down through it. When you wake up, you're coming out of beta or you're mm-hmm. coming out of delta, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're fully alive and awake like we are now, we're in beta. Mm-hmm. But very little do they spend time in alpha and theta, with mm-hmm. these very, very powerful places to be. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's all it is, is wave, these different wavelengths. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people think um that hypnosis has to be done with like a watch face like they're getting hypnotized and then they're like yeah that's what you see in like the cartoons (laughs) yeah in the cartoons movies uh media um has really bastardized it and really screwed it up the the meaning of what hypnosis is Mm -hmm. and how it works people think that you're out of control oh you can make that person cluck like a chicken i don't want to feel out of control i don't want you to say anything Mm -hmm. or make you do anything and that's all myth truly everyone is in control when they're in hypnosis um, I'm simply, I like to say, I'm just holding up a lantern and helping you navigate your unconscious mind. Mm-hmm. It's very different than self-hypnosis on an audio, like a, like mm-hmm. a, you know, downloaded like an app. Those are great and all, but you're not going to get to the depth. And also you're not going to get, see outside yourself. You need to have some third party looking in to help you decipher, discern what's actually going on there and what's, what's real or not real or, or how to deal with the emotions that come up. Mm-hmm. So, um, self-hypnosis people are like, oh, I can just do it on my own. It's like, it, you can, but it's mm-hmm. not as deep. It's not as effective that we found. Um, so I think that's a lot of things is I don't want to lose control. I don't want to just fall asleep. And also people are like, oh, I'm not, I'm not hypnotizable. <laughs> Other people, I'm, I always mind's love too that strong. one. Yeah, I always love that one because people get hypnotized within seconds of turning on any show or movie. Yeah. 
Like the moment that you're you're in it and your critical faculty that you know would Turns cause off. you to say, yeah. I can't like Neo can't dodge bullets. That's bullshit. Like you don't say that while you're watching the Matrix, and it's that critical faculty that melts down when we're in a state of hypnosis, yeah. like just from TV and movies, and it happens like that. So it's I always find it funny when people are like, "Oh, I'm not hypnotizable." <laughs> or whatever. It's, it's yeah. kind of laughable. It's like, yeah. "Oh, really? Well, let's let's talk about the ways." Yeah, let's let's, let's go into that. So it's really fun to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. And usually, I can get people most. I think very ninety nine percent of the time, be like, "All right, I want to try it." Yeah, let's try it out. Like, Great. Yeah, like accepted. using it very intentionally for their benefit, yeah. rather than you know in these ways that we're not even aware that exactly. we're being hypnotized. That's just it. And, and on that note, when people are doing Netflix and show, when you're watching things, mm -hmm. I think it's, and you, you, you learn this as well, is to, before you turn on the show, before you switch on the TV, before you turn on the audio, really open up a field and have maybe a, I call it a barrier or a, um, it's almost like a force field mm -hmm. of protection. Mm -hmm. I'm like, look, I want to delete or distort or delete anything that's coming in that's not serving my highest and greatest good. Yeah, I do that all the time when I'm turning on a movie or, exactly. or, or a show or anything like that because- you're setting an intention not to just absorb everything exactly. blindly. Let's let's be conscious about our choices about mm -hmm. what we put in here. I like to say our brain, our unconscious mind is like a garden. If it's a beautiful garden, you want beautiful um, plants and things to grow. Mm -hmm. You don't want weeds, you don't want any of that. So we need soil, we need good seeds, we need water and sunshine. Mm -hmm. Well, weeds are those unconscious programs that get installed all the time from media, from Netflix, from all these different shows that have an agenda. Mm -hmm. And if we aren't protecting our garden of our mind, we're just going to have weeds and it's going to be overrun and it's going to be controlled by those things. Mm -hmm. And that's that's dangerous. That's constantly being programmed in the matrix. That's how the matrix is works. Mm -hmm. There's so much parallel to the matrix movies. Mm -hmm. That's so, so great. So, okay, we need to put up a little bit of defense. Hey, if there's anything in this video or movie or show that's not for my highest and greatest good and doesn't align with my values as well, then delete it. Let mm -hmm. go of it. Don't even let it in. Mm -hmm. And just saying that kind of as a prayer or a statement is very helpful to just have that healthy barrier. And that way, when the stuff's coming through, you can enjoy the entertainment aspect of it and get that release of like, okay, I'm chilling, but not have the pro programming aspect. Mm -hmm. I think that's a very important trick for people to do. And I do it all the time. Yeah. No, it's, it seems like you're very meticulous about being intentional about the okay. things that you're doing, whether it's your morning practices, whether it's like just watching a movie or something. What role does intentionality play when we're doing things to benefit us because i know like sometimes mm -hmm. we can go through the motions and we can do the thing that somebody told us on instagram that's like good for us like oh well i was told by this person that i need to run in the morning i need a cold plunge i need to do gratitude but if like, we're just going through the motions yep. unintentionally yep i've found that the benefit's not the same so what role does intentionality play in these practices it changes everything yeah it, it it's the difference between all of it being you know complete waste of time to mm -hmm. being fully immersed in self so I think the intention and every day I set the intention at, at the end of my, so I, I do the Viking things, mm -hmm. then I do my covenants. Mm -hmm. So we watched that movie, The Covenant together. Yes, that was a brilliant movie. Brilliant movie. Yeah. If you haven't seen Guy Ritchie's Covenant movie, watch it yeah. and reflect on it. I bought it, watched it again, like I'm continually <laughs> going through that. I'm into it. <laughs> what I started doing is changing my prayers to covenants, mm. my communication covenant, my, like I'm a, I'm a, on the human design, I'm a manifester, mm -hmm. my manifester covenant. My, you know, pre my uh, purpose, uh, reminding myself to just be, mm -hmm. that my purpose to just be, to be the light, to be the lighthouse, to like, mm -hmm. I have these things I go through and I recite and I'm starting to memorize them all, but I love like kind of reading them off and like feeling each of these covenants. Mm -hmm. So at the end, and then it's, what's my intention for the day? 
being intention is that ability to focus all your power. And I'm not just this AJ body. I'm this consciousness behind this body. Mm -hmm. I'm also my soul. It's huge. I've felt it. Mm -hmm. We all have a bigger energy than when we realize. Mm -hmm. And when we say state an intention for the day or for the moment or whatever intentionality then focuses all your energy to those things mm -hmm. as opposed to just letting it go i believe in flow but mm -hmm. there's also a very intentional thing to flow when the when the when your when your spirit your mind your heart and your gut are all aligned mm -hmm. and you have an intentionality with it you can just flow with life in so it's just such a beautiful way but it's also directed mm -hmm. from source yes not just willy-nilly so i think that's how I feel about intention. Beautiful. I like that. That's a, uh, that's a great perspective to have on it. And it really is the difference that makes the difference in everything. Yeah. yeah. It is. <laughs> it's so simple. Mm -hmm. But if you do it consistently enough and build the habit of intentionality, mm -hmm. and it's not just saying it once a day. It's also like, hey, what's my intention here? On my way over, I was talking about intention to show up here. Mm -hmm. How do I want to show up for people watching listening how do mm -hmm. i show up for you how do i show up for myself in this mm -hmm. later on when you know i've got a you know another meeting or a call or something like what's my intention here how do we want to show up what do we want to give to this mm -hmm. by doing those little intentions throughout the day i think it's really powerful to help direct all the energy and the focus that we have mm -hmm. to those things yeah because it dictates your entire way of being which yeah. thus dictates the quality of the reality or the results that you experience as as a result of whatever the actions or the conversations were so i think that that that's a really important thing to keep in mind and to, yeah. to always have that you mentioned this term earlier that i was very curious about because i've not heard it before or at least maybe not in this way but you talked about how there is a super conscious so we talked about mm -hmm. the unconscious the conscious the super conscious so what what's the difference in all three of those cool or how do they work together <laughs> yeah yeah great question yeah. so I've, I've been playing with this super conscious now for about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And I was always thought, okay, conscious and unconscious. That's mm -hmm. all there is. There's more. There's always <laughs> Turns more. Out there's there's more. always more to, to yeah. figure out and, and integrate this. Okay, I want to I wanna go into this. So I read a great book by Chris Duncan, um, You're, Not, You're Not Broken. Mm -hmm. Great book. Um, I truly have always believed like your people aren't broken. There's nothing to fix. Mm -hmm. We're not, as a coach, I'm not fixing anything. Mm -hmm. We're just reconnecting to yourself. We're removing the blocks that are in the way of your shakti of your life force of what's actually here emotions and energies get stuck right the uh, in nlp they say that um neurons are everywhere you're bathed in neurons mm -hmm. you're bathed in neurotransmitters stuff gets stuck everywhere in the mm -hmm. body it's an amazing amazing space suit we have here mm -hmm. consciousness and unconscious was has been around for a long time we've learned about those things recently the way i use super conscious and in higher self Depending on people's religious backgrounds, mm -hmm. I, I will I will say that superconscious can be a little too sciencey or too like it sounds fake. Mm -hmm. I say higher higher self. It's mm -hmm. the psyche that exists uh, outside of the young. It works with the unconscious mind, mm -hmm. but it's the ability to kind of self process mm -hmm. and self self. Um, I say kind of recode. So if somebody on a scale of zero to ten, ten being the highest intensity, zero being no no intensity at all or no resistance. If it's fear of success, mm -hmm. okay, hey, I've got a nine. I fear success. Like there's, they're, they're doing everything right, but they just keep blocking themselves and self-sabotaging themselves. Well, what I'll do is we'll also look at the memories going backwards with the unconscious mind to get a map of where these things could have gone and cleared those. But then if there's sometimes this remaining, um, let's say they got them down to a five or a four, then I'll call in their superconscious. And I will ask permission to connect to their superconscious. Mm -hmm. This gets a little, little, I'll just use the word a little bit more woo-woo. This gets more into believing in our guides, mm -hmm. God, 
um, the gods, whatever you want to call, whatever the person is believing, I'm tapping into their psyche that is available. And if it's their higher self, their higher self has their very best interest in heart and in mind and is there helping. So I want to say, okay, higher conscious, uh, higher self, how can we help recode this person's limiting belief around fear of success? Mm. Help me take that five to down to a zero. Mm. What do we need to do? And so I have a certain phrases I'll go through and tapping into the unconscious and I, it's ability to get yeses and nos from the universe and I'll just feel things. I can, it's kind of weird to say, but I, I can see things in people. I can see where the fear is. I can see where things are in their coding. Mm. Kind of like when the matrix, when Neo sees the walls, mm -hmm. my coding is going sideways and it's red, but I can feel and sense those things. So I'm with them closing my eyes. I'm in theta with them. And I just use superconscious to help recode whatever is there. Mm. And generally I'm just helping, I'm feeling that kind of, um, that that five go to a four to go through. I kind of know where it is, but then I'm, after I say the things I say, help them recode it, help letting go of more of those beliefs and things. I'll just ask them, how do you feel now? And mm. like, what's it at now? They're like, wow, it's like, it's like a one, that's weird. And so they don't mm. even know what's going on, but it's just tapping into their own inner brilliance mm -hmm. and teaching them that you can do this. It's already available. We just had to ask and they just weren't trained. Mm -hmm. They weren't taught how to do that. Yeah. So I will bring in the super conscious or the higher self to many of my sessions after I've built rapport with my clients and it's just something to help kind of play with. So yeah. it's a different tool set. It's a little more woo-woo, like I said, but it's, it's like really cool to see people, their, their whole body go from a 10, hot, sweaty, red, mm. flushed, all that to like calm, cool, and collected down to a zero. I didn't really do anything. Mm. They were so tied in with their higher conscious, higher conscious stepped in and helped them. We that's, just had to ask. That's awesome, man. So yeah. I like to tie into guides to superconscious to unconscious and allow the critical factor to bypass or to just be on the side to have a holistic way of helping people heal themselves. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. No, that's, that's beautiful, man. Cool. So I'm, I'm curious. I have, a, I have a few other questions for you. One of which is this event that you're creating, yeah. like the Viking experience, the adventure, the adventure. Yeah. Who, who is this for and what can they expect to experience in going on? Cool. An adventure like this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's uh what's called the Viking Initiation. Mm -hmm. And so it's the Viking Initiation Norway. And um, who it's for? I really it's for, for me. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I want to do this myself too. Yeah. So I thought, if I'm gonna create an event that's gonna be epic, I want to create something that I really want to go to. Mm -hmm. First of all, I love showing people Norway. I like I love talking about Norway. Mm -hmm. Like I I'll take a real quick segment to say. The second time I went to Norway, remember I told you the first time it was mm -hmm. like 2016, 2017. I went last year mm -hmm. by myself. My wife ended up going to Costa Rica. I was like, I don't want to go be hot. I want to go to Norway. So I went to Norway for myself for 38 days. Mm -hmm. And when I went from Buda, I flew into Oslo, went up to Buda, stayed there for a little while. Then I took the ferry to the uh, Fulton Islands, mm -hmm. which is an absolute spectacular place. First place I saw, uh, Northern Lights. I was coming in on the, on the ferry in my rental, got on the land, couldn't even see all the mountains. And I started weeping, hmm. man weeping, crying with music on, you know, hmm. my camera's in the seat next to me because I want to take pictures. I'm just driving along weeping like, what is going on hmm. right now? Why am I weeping? Hmm. Yeah. But I was like, I'm home. Hmm. I feel this sense of like, I've been here before, hmm. many lives, different lives. There was something innate that just like made me feel so good being in, in Norway. Hmm. I want people to feel that. Whether they're that connected or not, I want them to sense and be part of this culture and this, this land. Most people I talk to, they're like, no, I, don't, I haven't been to Norway. Like mm -hmm. most of my friends, I have a lot of friends mm -hmm. that travel. They're like, 
Nope, I've been to Norway. Mm -hmm. So one, I want to share it with people uh, that are just want to go to Norway and like to adventure and travel. It's for high performers. It's for people who are um, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of mm -hmm. people who are entrepreneurs or um, or coaches, um, just high performers. Uh, from race car drivers to to athletes, people who are performing at a high level in some area of their life, they mm -hmm. have an element of success in their life. They're looking for something more. Mm -hmm. They're looking for a new uh, a new transition or a new chapter. I'm looking. I'm, I want to help them come through with a breakthrough mm -hmm. or a new peak experience. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people these days, I don't think they've had a new peak experience for a while. Mm -hmm. And what I wrote down in the beginning before I created the event, I said, what are the, what do I want people to feel? Mm -hmm. What do I want them to, to what ahas do I want them to have? How do I want them to have, what sense of self do I want them to have as they finish this, right? I began with the end in mind. And so I wrote down many of these bullet points. And as I'm going through interviews, because I personally interview each person that applies, mm -hmm. I'm curating a group of people that's special. I'm not just selling tickets. Mm -hmm. This is a process I'm going through. Mm -hmm. I, they've got to answer all their questions here. And I'm, I'm really adamant about making sure that everybody's at a similar level. And so that's been, um, really fun to, 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 to see that people have really success, become successful in these other areas, but they're like, I think 60, I've looked at the data cause I have a data company. I've got 60% of the people all said I'm in transition. Mm. I've done something cool and great. I'm looking for what's that next chapter. And they're like, I feel like this is the event that mm -hmm. I need to go to. I need to have an adventure. I need to do something new. I need to be mm -hmm. in a new realm. And so many of them are in transition. Others are maybe they're they're at the they're on their way up with a new company or maybe something had a bankruptcy or a divorce or something. They're like, I need to, I need to be a warrior again. I want to reconnect with my primal self. That's literally some of the words I wrote down. Mm -hmm. So people, the interviews without knowing. Yeah, they went to my website and that might have come through unconsciously for them, but they're saying the words that line up with what I want people to have. So the energy I'm pulling in mm -hmm. from these people is like, it's palpable. It's actually happening. Yeah, that's so cool. Man. So that's who it's for. Mm -hmm. And I created it because it's, it's like adventure, travel, self-development, self-discovery, and Vikings. So the container is, let's go learn from the Viking wisdom. Let's learn from the runes. Let's bring in world-class practitioners and let's do it in a place that is absolutely gorgeous mm -hmm. in Gudvangen, Norway, which is called the, the Valley of the Gods. Mm -hmm. And it's um, right on the water. It's literally been called the most beautiful fjord in the world. And we're in a, there's a Viking village that was rebuilt from all um, wood and resources from that valley, from mm -hmm. that area. And then there's a hotel across the bridge. Mm -hmm. So our setting is one of the most beautiful Nordic places where there was a Viking settlement and that's our playground. That's amazing. That's yep. so cool, man. And so if people are interested in checking this out, yeah. where can they find you or more information about the work that you do? Awakenthevikings.com. Beautiful. Awakenthevikings.com. It's got a video on there. It's got some of the people that are going to be going. Mm -hmm. We have 25 people uh, max uh, mm -hmm. that we're going to take. Uh, I think we're at 16 or 17 sold. Mm -hmm. So there's not too many spots left. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm, thank you for asking. I'm, I'm super excited to tell more people about this. I mm -hmm. have probably 12 more applications I already, I already know of, but uh, there's an application process. They fill it out and then I give them the, you can't just go buy it online. There's a 15 minute interview with me where I get to know that person and see if it's a good fit. So that's, that's, that's where all the info is. And it's, yeah, it's pretty much all in there. Beautiful. That's amazing. And my, my last question for you before we wrap up. So these interviews that I do on the Zen Stoic path, I call them the liberated life interviews because mm. Zen Stoic philosophy is a philosophy that points to liberation, but the philosophy itself is not liberation. It's just mm. a, a way of getting there. Yeah. One of many, I would say. So for you, what does it mean to live a liberated life? What does it mean to live a liberated life? That's a great question. 
such a powerful word too. You're such a wordsmith. I love how you, how you, how, how you do I like life. words. <laughs> you do. You're amazing at that. Um, Thank you. One, it's being okay with and practicing being me. Mm. Being, being the real me. I've been lots of versions of AJ. Mm -hmm. Some versions I'm not proud of. Other ones I'm very proud of. Some I just didn't know what I was do, being. Mm -hmm. And most of it, I was being someone else. I, I was being what I thought other people wanted to be. Mm -hmm. Being liberated is that that when you take a deep breath and you're living your being you, the weird little thoughts, the weird things that come through the heart, and just accepting that's me. Mm -hmm. I love me and I'm gonna show up like me no matter what. Whether my wife wants this or not, whether my mom wants this or not, whether no matter what, I'm being authentically myself mm -hmm. and expressing that love and that light and in backing myself up, mm -hmm. you know? Because I think many times you, you lose the liberation when you're just trying to get, trying to do things for other people, trying to be something for other people in a way that's just not in your value set, mm -hmm. not in your code. And um, we're just so concerned with so many things that just don't matter that it gets back to the simple liberation is being yourself. That's right. That's what it comes down for me. Beautiful. AJ, thank you so much for being on the show, man. This thank you, awesome. buddy. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks so much. Likewise.